Patreon.com backslash sit down Zumok. What are you waiting for, people? Go sign up for as little as $3 to be a Patreon member. You get the episode a week early. Giveaways, bonus content, all kinds of fun stuff. Plus, you can be part of the Zumok Z-Man Zoom Hang once a month. So go there, check it out. SilkCityHotSauce.com, God damn it. What do you need to know? I have my own hot sauce. Seaman's Mango Madness, Florida's greatest tropical sauce. Get yourself a bottle. Use the promo code ZUMOC. Get 15% off your order, plus a free bottle of the Cherry Ciroc and some stickers over at SilkCityHotSauce.com. Or contact me directly, and I'll sign you a bottle, and I will send you one. How about that? How about that? All right. Today's volume four of The Bad Guys with Earl Skakel, where we talk about the greatest bad guys of all time. Enjoy. It's The Bad Guys with Earl Skakel and Chad Zubak. He turns to me and he says, Why so serious? He comes at me with the knife. Why so serious? Sticks the blade in my mouth. Let's put a smile on that face. And... Why so serious? All right, in association with Inappropriate Earl and the Sit Down Zumok podcast, we bring you the bad guys. I'm Chad Zumok. With me is the great Earl Skakel. Earl, how are you? Good, good. Just uh, trying to get things set up. I'm going to have to do a glasses change. Uh, just uh, surviving the madness, really. I mean, you're in the thick of it. Uh, well, it's just trying to relieve uh, the boredom, you know, with nothing to do. I, you know, me and Chandler sleep later now, and because it's like, why get up if you don't have to? You right. Know, I start my workouts at like three in the morning, well, just because it's like I don't have to worry about getting up at nine o'clock. <laughs> Are the gyms still closed there? There's one I won't name. I don't want to blow their cover. Uh, but, uh, it seems to be open full force, uh, cause every time I, uh, get food across the street, I look up and I see people in it working out. Like, and like Equinox the and LA gyms. Fitness, they're, they're not open? Uh, Rumble's not open, which is the boxing gym. Yeah. Uh, like Crunch. Equinox. Yeah, yeah. Equinox is, uh. They're not open. A crunch isn't open. That's uh, criminal, man. A that few... is... I really know. Absolutely. Criminal. I mean, there's a few. I mean, I kind of get it. Uh, but, you know, Equinox was trying for a little while to um, limited uh, capacity. You know, I think 
it might have been like 30 or 40 percent capacity and you only had one hour to work out you couldn't shower or use like the steam room which for me was probably 70 percent of the reason i was a member there because it's so clean there yeah and the steam and uh the uh the like the shampoos and all that stuff you know it's keel's products at equinox so it was just like uh, really need to spend hours there yeah but uh i mean as a gym it's okay i mean gold's gym in venice is still like the best gym i would say in the world uh, but uh you from know people Ven only go there to work out from venice beach california hulk hogan yeah i mean he still works out there uh most pro wrestlers when they work out in town they're there uh I mean, I haven't been there in a while, but uh, just because that part of Venice uh, is it's tense city now with the homeless. Like I can only imagine. Uh, I mean, it's literally right outside of Gold's Gym, is which is uh, I think the intersection is Rose and Hampton for you local yokels. Uh, it's hundreds of tents. Uh, you know what's funny so is uh, it, it's. Is two weeks ago, I was leaving. I was with Kevin Brennan because he was at Side Splitters, and I took him to Mike Calta's morning show. And while we were coming in, Brian Callen was coming out because he was playing the club nearby in Port Charlotte. So we caught up with Brian. Uh -oh. Yeah, hashtag me too. And um, he lives in Venice, but he's moving out. He's like, I can't stand it. He goes, the, ta the taxes are going up. There's home. He goes, I'm neighbors with homeless people. He goes, I, I'm pretty much living next to homeless people. He goes, it makes no sense for me to live here i mean that's the crazy thing about the pandemic is that you see people like him who i don't know how much money he's made over the years but it's a pretty nice amount uh you know series regular on a couple shows movies stand-up theaters uh and he's moving out <laughs> like so can, can you imagine like what an a struggling comic is doing like he was in the I hangover yes uh you got it so that's the, the that's the weird thing to me is like to see people uh, like him moving out you know who can afford the taxes and you know all the stuff uh extra that you have to pay for in california i mean it's brutal well, thank god my mom had money shout out to the skakels shout out to mrs skakel <laughs> shout out shout out to virginia weinman skakel uh, for not being like my dad and trying to invest in oil rigging projects in the Amazon going belly up. Thank you, Mama Skakel. <laughs> That's why I still do open mics in my 50s. <laughs> yeah, but you rock those open mics. Hey, someone came which... up to me and said, Earl. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was someone just going to. Someone came up to me once and said, Earl. <laughs> said earlier that dane cook of shitholes <laughs> that's a good bio uh quote <laughs> yeah uh speaking of uh wrestling and bad guys they're having wrestlemania in tampa this year i live three miles from where they're having in raymond james stadium i mean it'll be weird with well, they might be able to do limited capacity there. They are. That's why they're having it there. Kind of, I mean, 
I don't really follow the storylines in the WWE. I watch more AEW than I do uh, WWE, but, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's like for reasons we've discussed in the past, there's just no interesting characters in WWE right now to me. And it's so corporate. You know, so. It's like uh, you're watching the Walmart of wrestling with WWE, with all due respect. But the days of like Roddy Pike, it's over. I mean, they can't speak off the cuff. You're never going to hear Austin 316 ever again. Yeah, it's more like uh, fitness models who are doing uh, acrobatics with no personality. Like back then, you, I, I don't know if you could see this, but I have a uh, Jake the Snake uh, resurrection, resurrection t-shirt on. Um, and like that guy, yeah, he didn't have the greatest body, but man, what promo skills. And uh, they don't tell stories anymore in wrestling. It's just quick, good-looking guy against good-looking guy. It's like watching ballet. Uh, just, uh, I mean, I hate to sound like my parents, but uh, I really think the era I grew up in, and I know you're younger than me, which is why I don't include you in this statement, uh, was the best. You know, you, you really believed Ultimate Warrior was from parts unknown. <laughs> So, no, I I, 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 I had Godfrey on the podcast. And we always say it like the old saying back in my day. Well, guess what? Back in my day, shit was better, period. End of line. I, I'm not an old guy, but it was better. Music, wrestling, movies, TV, bad guys. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's uh, well, I think it, at least with the wrestling uh, part of that statement, you know, there was no Internet back then which shows you how long ago this was so like and i said this joke many times on this podcast like you know like i really thought kamala was from uganda you know because i had no other uh information that said that was not the case you know so i i thought uh you know kane and the undertaker were brothers uh i thought hulk hogan was from Venice Beach. War. Yeah, he's from Tampa. His name's Terry. Yeah, uh, and the Road Warriors were from you know, Chicago. Or no, uh, Minnesota. Yeah. Well, they had a great, uh, you know, it's like comics, you know, certain comics grow up, you know, like the Boston scene had Burr and, and you know, Kevin Brennan and, and you know, in that circle. And in Minnesota, you had uh, Nikita Koloff. Mm -hmm. uh, you had Rick Rude. You know, the road warriors all working at a strip club. Uh, They're bouncers. So, and by the way, yeah, I mean, by the way, if, if you want some good old school wrestling interviews, uh, Nikita Koloff's shoot interviews on uh, YouTube are amazing because you, he was such a, it goes back to what we were just saying. Like he was such a good actor. You really thought he was from Russia. He's from Rusu, Minnesota, so, I think. So he, he got out of the business because he got hurt, right? Well, that was kind of Rick. Well, I mean, I'm sure he was hurt. Uh, I mean, I know Rick Root stopped wrestling because he got hurt. Um, Sting broke his back in Japan, which is why you never saw him wrestle toward the end of his career. Um, but, you know, the, nowadays you... you they're just not good actors and you yeah. would think with the the access to acting coaches and improv teachers that they would just be sent to california to say ucb or 
maybe the comedy store or wherever to, to like, okay, we're going to stick you with, uh, you know, this comic. They like wrestling. They're going to teach you how to cut a promo or at least be funny in it. Uh, and, you know, we're going to send you to UCB and teach you how to, or the groundlings or whatever and teach you how to do improv, like with a, I don't know, an interview style sketch, you know, they're just, uh, it's just boring and, and uninteresting. Like even the female wrestlers are, they're just, with the exception of Ric Flair's daughter, like they're just like fitness models with fake tits. And, you know, they're like, doing a scene in an acting class it's just not believable basically it's just the city of tampa and the females here <laughs> <laughs> well i mean i think we all know it's fake at this point like or maybe that's the wrong word because i have so much respect for what they do but it's uh predetermined i think that's probably a nicer way to say it but we still want to think it's real like you know yeah it's like it's like with movies, I don't know, we'll deep dive into this in a minute. Like, I know when I watch Predator, there's not an actual alien hunting seven people in the jungle, but I still want the storyline to be kind of like, like, like it's real. Like, so uh, I, I don't know what they can do to fix it. Like, I, I don't think there's, that's why I'm rooting for AEW, because I think WWE is always better when they have competition. And I, I do too. Like, I mean, there was nothing better than the Monday Night Wars with WCW and WWF and AEW. They're kind of a throwback. I mean, I don't like a lot of the guys in it, but they're, you know, they're they're finding their way. They're finding their way. You know, what's funny is I got to be friends with uh, Luke Perry's daughter, whose son is in that league. You mean Luke Harper? I think his, he goes by or Jungle Luke Park. Luke Perry from 90210. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm thinking of Luke Harper. Uh, who just died so never mind. no i met his daughter she's a fan of mine which is the craziest thing ever we met her in madison wisconsin like four years ago and you know we, we talk on instagram a lot and her brother's he goes by jungle boy i heard of him yeah well because i mean I, I i'm rooting for them but like it's always hard like you know, and TNA suffered the same thing where you're basically using WWE cast-offs, you know, to compete with WWE. And, and although they have guys like Jericho, who's still amazing, um, it, I think it's hard to beat them when you're using guys that they deemed not good enough. Uh, yeah. Although they can be wrong, like Luke Harper, who unfortunately just passed away, uh, he was amazing in AEW when WWE, he was just basically a jobber, uh, you know, so it, it's, you can find uh, hidden gems like him, but, uh, cause he really, uh, embraced his bad guy persona. Like he was amazing as uh, Brody Lee, Luke Harper and WWE, but, uh, they just, uh, you know, they got to develop some of their new talent, too. You know, that's key, you know, because I don't know if, uh, like, I love Cody Rhodes, but, you know, in WWE, he was like a mid-level jobber. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of tough to build him as a, a great wrestler, which he actually is, you know, to say, go up against WWE's top young guys or, or champions. It's like, well, this guy wasn't good 
when he was here. Now I'm supposed to believe he's better when he's gone. I don't know. Yeah. Shout out uh, Gold Dust. <laughs> Speaking of bad guys. Oh, he's great. Back in the day, like when his uh, his gimmick was he was gay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I, that, but that's an all time character, though. Like, you can't really remember many characters from 20 years ago that they come and go and, and they're pretty forgettable. You remember Gold Dust, you know, he, he was a great that was I'll give the WWE credit. That's a great character like that kind of homoerotic like whatever that was you know his promos made no sense like uh you know i i think you could tell i think when he wrestled booker t once that booker t was clearly uncomfortable with the gay aspects of this angle they were doing so uh you know uh but he's in uh uh, AEW, I, you know, I think he's just Dustin Rhodes. Uh, you know, I don't think, I, well, they probably can't use Gold Dust, but uh, probably he wants to know. keep the Rhodes name going since his father passed. And, you know, he's done, you know, Dustin, Dustin Jr. Yeah, I mean, they, but he's still a, uh, he could be of use to AEW. I mean, uh, building up the younger characters. Like I see, uh, they're kind of using Sting to build up that one dude who uh, I forget his name. Uh, he's one of the newer guys in AEW, but he wears like the makeup, and you could tell that they're using Sting to kind of give him a rub of, uh, you know, a legend. Uh, so uh, you know that could be interesting. I, I have a feeling they're going to make them turn on each other. Uh, you know, you could kind of see it coming already, but. Uh, I'll yeah. never forgive the WWE Vince McMahon for what they did to Sting and and losing to Triple H at WrestleMania. It was disgusting. It was terrible. Oh, it was it. Well, it, it's yeah, it was horrible. Like I'm still mad about it. My but, friend Chris Clem won't even like he he went there and he was just like his night was ruined because of that. <laughs> well, it just it was embarrassing. Like you know. I don't know who Sting's manager was, if it was Barry Katz or, you know, like Dante. Yeah. From Golden Artist Entertainment, uh, I think. But like I look at that, we're just fans. And selfishly, it's what got me on Roddy Piper's podcast in the first place, because I think uh, Roddy was in the comedy store one night and I was on stage talking about how pissed I was that Sting got jobbed out you know, and, and he's, he said, come on the podcast and talk about it. And then, you know, afterwards the producer's like, why don't you just stay with us? Roddy needs help keeping focus. <laughs> Might've had something to do with the four Red Bulls he would drink right before the podcast. was. Uh, it just like, it made no sense. Like, and they blew it. Cause Sting was like the last guy who had never jumped over you know, so it was like, I think that last, oh my God moment, he's here. Yeah, he was and the guy who held out the longest, the biggest superstar. Yeah, I mean, they could have made it into something so good. Uh, like, I still say my idea of uh, you have Randy Orton uh, revive the legend killer gimmick, you know, and he's in the ring in the center and he's talking about, I beat Hogan, I beat Goldberg, I beat 
uh, Austin, I beat The Rock, I beat Cena, and then the lights go down. And they probably wouldn't want to do this because of Owen Hart, but like you have Sting drop down behind him. Yeah, I think they're done with the. I think they're done with the cable. <laughs> well, I mean, they. Let's just say they did it. Let's just say they figured out the glitches of not killing another wrestler, and uh, he drops down and taps him on the shoulder and goes, "You didn't beat me." I mean, that would have been like the best way I think to introduce him to WWE fans, who you know a lot didn't know who he was. No, I'm with you on that. Oh, um, there we go. go. <laughs> because the the way you the, the way that uh, you had him lose, like every kid in the arena lost interest in him as soon as he got jobbed out. So, you know, whereas if he beats Randy Orton and then maybe Triple H and then you have him jobbed to The Undertaker at WrestleMania – People, young kids who don't know who he is are going to want his t-shirts and shit, buy a sting mask or whatever. So, uh, you know, I just, it's bad business all the way around. Well, I don't know if you're looking at the screen, but uh, speaking of bad guys, I'm on goldenartistsentertainment.com and um, you can see their roster here and you got. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Cedric the Entertainer is not repped by <laughs> Golden Artist Entertainment. I'm sure his manager, uh, would be real interested to know his pictures being used in promotional tools for this agency. And either is JJ Walker. I did a little research on him or, uh, Marsha Warfield and, um, the, what's his name from police Academy, the, uh, Michael Winslow. He's not on golden artist entertainment either. Well, I do like, I'll give them this because we did an episode, uh, that's been very well received, uh, with, uh, Kim Coates from uh, sons of anarchy and about, 7,000 other things. The girl in the middle uh, next to Stuttering John and Cedric mm -hmm. the Entertainer, she was in Sons of Anarchy. Uh, oh, she was? I think her name, yeah, I think her name, I might be mispronouncing it, Taryn uh, Manning. She was uh, she was in a couple seasons. So uh, maybe he suckered her into some something. I don't know. Yeah, you've got uh, Demi Lovato and Bobby Brown from the Cherry Pie video. Boy, those are real current artist stuttering john is represented by golden artist entertainment i know that for a fact uh and uh i'm not sure that's about it i don't know who else they got i know ron jeremy's no longer with them because he raped someone no he didn't rape someone he raped many people <laughs> and yet dante was the only one who didn't know like Ron Jeremy is literally on every girl in porn's do not work list. That means for those of you who aren't familiar with the pornography business, that girls don't want to have his PP in them. Now that's never really bothered Ron before, but like he's literally been on these lists since like 1995. So, Well, like let's explain who Dante is for people that might not follow you on Twitter and see the war that's going on. Speaking of bad guys in comedy. Yes. Well, I explain who he is. Like it's like, uh, the guy was on BET 40 years ago. So, uh, you know, he, he's a, uh, he, he is a, uh, I'd like to call him a comedy, uh, fraud, I guess you'd say, uh, comedy con man. 
Yeah. Oh, absolutely. He goes on, uh, you know, he's an opportunist. He likes to call himself an activist, but, uh, you know, he's now uh, Black Lives Matter and Antifa, but yet he's in a video on YouTube offering Black people free boat rides back to Africa. So I'm not sure if he uh, does that part of his act when he's doing a BLM rally. You know. I, I told Godfrey about that. He wants that video. He said he'll put Dante on blast. Well, it's on Ari Shafir's, uh, I forget the sketch. I'm sure if you just looked up Dante, Ari Shafir, the video pops up. And, uh, you know, he's got, I don't even feel comfortable saying some of the jokes he says in this video because I don't want to be associated with the joke. Uh, but just uh, look up that video on YouTube and, uh, I find it hard to believe that Black Lives Matter would like him uh, stumping for them. <laughs> it's not. It wasn't from uh, Ari's TV show, was it? You know, I think it was a video he did with the Sham Wow guy. They set up a what looks to be like a slave ship on uh, Venice Boardwalk, and uh, Dante is, I guess, the uh, boat driver, and he's like juggling basketballs and like asking uh, black people if they get their hair cut at Fantastic Sambo's. Uh, I'll, like I said, I'll assume he leaves that part of his act out when he's uh, trying to find it. It's not under Dante or Ari. So, uh, I'm, Boy, I wish my uh, other computer was working. Um, I'll find yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's worth the look up just to see the hypocrisy of, you know, uh, people who uh, are bullshitters you know <laughs> it's just like because he came out with this thing uh he was gonna out trump supporters and he was gonna get them uh banned from working his gigs which Ooh. like yeah if that ever made anyone want to vote for trump that should be it <laughs> to get banned from dante's gigs uh which are like saloons in big bear uh so you, you know it's kind of like the piven thing I, I i don't know why it bothered me i just hate to see bullshitters uh now he stinks uh, that guy you know, that guy just I had, stinks. well i've had a lot of young comics recently uh say hey i was thinking of signing with golden artist entertainment i know you'll keep it real what what's your opinion on them i'm like you know uh I, you know, I guess do as U.S. comedy contests where one week you can judge it, the next week you can host it, and then uh, the, the next week you'll be in the finals. <laughs> I mean, it's really unbelievable some of the people we deal with in this business. Like, it's out of control. Yeah, it's – I always tell people, like, people are like, oh, you got any advice on how to get into this? I'm like, don't. Don't waste your time, man. Go find something to do. <laughs> it's not worth the journey, man. <laughs> I'm stuck. I'm stuck I mean, here. Yeah, it's too late for me to turn back. Uh, yeah, we're, we, we're but, too deep. Uh, we're too deep. I, well, I think the smartest advice uh, is to make your own stuff so you don't need anyone else. Yeah, uh, that's that's probably the best advice. Well, it's like you do your videos on Instagram and, 
you know, like you walking around the streets of Tampa or wherever you're, when you're on the road, you, you'll do your videos. And, and like, I, I do my, uh, you know, my bullshit. And, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, when you see shows like, say workaholics that, you know, were basically started out as a Adam Devine's YouTube show, <laughs> you know, he made it his own, you know, even a show like roast battle, uh, you know, networks didn't help uh us make that show moses made it himself and uh and then then you got the power uh so you know it's, it's just now with the advent of apps like TikTok and uh, you know other uh you know you know in the past vine periscope you really don't need representation of course you'll get it as soon as you make something and they'll be like oh we think you're great well why didn't you tell me that six months ago when i needed help i know asshole so uh, yeah it's like i had uh this uh icm manager or agent uh, as soon as they listed the people who got season one of roast battle he literally called me up two minutes after the list was posted on like i don't know the hollywood reporter or wherever he saw it it's like, hey man, I think you're great. I'd love to help you. You need anything, let me know. And it's like, well, why didn't you call me yesterday and tell me this? <laughs> so, you know. Well, I'll tell you what, dude. Way. Let's let's get into this one. We don't have a guest this week, but we're going to be having one on Wednesday. I won't tell you who it is. Uh, we wanted to go through top twenty bad guys, and I pulled this top up. Top twenty. Are we going top ten? Oh, I thought I I don't have twenty. I'll be honest with you. I can freestyle it, but uh Well here, I, I uh can you see this right here? I don't know if you're able to see this. Yes, yes. I yes, pulled this I from EmpireOnline.com. This is their top twenty bad guys. And uh if you have a pen, we could take no. I don't know who, what your list is, but let's just go through this one real quick. Uh at number twenty, they have Michael Myers from the movie Halloween Halloween. Your thoughts, Earl? Oh, he was he was good. Um, you know, I was more of a Freddy Krueger guy, but um, I mean, Michael Myers was definitely the OG of uh, at least '80s uh, horror bad guys. I mean, I think he uh, led the way for uh, Wes Craven to go. Oh, how about Freddy Krueger? And then you know, later on, they he did another one uh, called Shocker, which is one of my favorites with uh, Horace Pinker. But uh, he definitely should be mentioned in it for sure. Any top 20, probably top 10, just for how he was the first, uh, you know, uh, I always like to give credit to guys or girls uh, who are like the first in their field. Like a Jimi Hendrix was really the, the first rock guitarist to influence everyone else after him. So I think Michael Myers definitely should be on any top list given his influence uh at number 19 they got the t-1000 played by robert patrick in 1991's terminator 2 judgment day earl um i oh no i love robert patrick i mean he's uh, one of my favorite character actors uh he, he's, he's almost like gene hackman where he's good in anything you could put him in like you know uh, ski resort too and he'd get an oscar for it uh, uh I, I think what was impressive with him as a bad guy is he didn't talk much uh i can't recall one single line he did uh 
but he was he had the look um, and uh, that was maybe Schwarzenegger at his height of fame so he was a very good adversary for Schwarzenegger definitely in the top 20 for sure yeah I remember seeing this movie in the theater in 91 and I, I remember being terrified of him because he was just like unstoppable and I, I and he played a bad guy in the movie Copland too which was very underrated he did a very good scene as a bad guy in that one uh here's number yeah that copland i was just gonna say copland is one of my favorite under the radar stallone films uh just because uh he held his own with like harvey keitel and uh ray Liotta and de niro and uh robert patrick and uh michael rapaport i mean it's a fantastic cast if you ever see Rappaport around, just ask him about Copland. He he's so quick to talk about it. He loves talking about it. I actually talked to him in the yeah, uh, I mean, it, the comedy store about it. What's well, it's I don't uh, I don't think it bombed, but it, it definitely didn't do as well as maybe they would have liked. But uh, just a great uh, story, and uh, you know Stallone. Obviously, he's a billionaire, so he's not dumb. Uh, but he's great when he plays those dumb characters like, you know, Rocky, you know, as a punch drunk, uh, you know, down on the ropes fighter. Uh, Rambo was kind of not a necessarily a dumb character, but, um, you know, a, a Vietnam vet who's lost his mind. So he's slower, I guess you'd say. So, uh, you know, I, I don't think, and I know this is a little off topic, but I, I don't think Stallone gets credit for being a good actor when he, uh, I mean, we'll give him a pass on stop or my mom will shoot. But like, uh, I'm a fan of his acting. Two questions before we move on to the number 18. Have you seen the last Rambo they made? And have you seen Kyle Dunnigan's Stallone at home? I did see the last Rambo in a theater. I think it was the last movie I've seen in an actual theater with Chandler. Um, I my only complaint <laughs> and it goes to wrestling I thought it was a little too over the top. Like, like it, it's just not believable that he would take out a whole wing of the Colombian cartel by himself. Like, uh, and I like, I know it's a movie. Uh, it was a little too graphic for me. Like, uh, Oh, it was super graphic, which is why. Yeah. I just, uh, it was like almost watching a video game instead of a movie. Uh, which that's why I love the first Rambo. Like if you want to compare it to something, that's probably the best comparison. And you know, the first Rambo was relatively a low budget film. Um, you know, all the sheriffs in it, you know, looked like sheriffs, uh, it wasn't a good looking cast. Uh, and then, you know, it was kind of like, you could tell they didn't take a lot of reshoots in Rambo. It was like, we got to get this in in one take. Let's do it. Uh, We're filming whereas, in Canada. Uh, Let's get this thing wrapped up. Yeah, it's Canada and Washington State and anywhere in between. It was probably some of the scenes were shot without a permit. Um, you know, whereas the last Rambo was, you know, like the Colombian bad guys. They just look like they were out of central casting, you know, you know the typical guy with the goatee. And uh, I don't look, know. I just didn't. They look like they were rep by Golding Artist Entertainment. Yeah, they probably are. Uh, 
and it was just too over the top for me. And I don't mean the Stallone movie, but like, uh, it's why I like older action movies, which you would think you would like newer ones with the all the technological uh, advancements, you know, CGI and all that stuff. But I actually prefer uh, the older ones where, you know, the special effects are, you know, a little hokey. Um, but, you know, it's just, I don't, like Creed 2 was very similar. I think that was the second to last movie I saw where, like Rocky Four, you really thought Dolph Lundgren was from Russia you know, and, and he looked like he was from Russia, but in the, uh, Creed two, his son, he just looked like central casting. Okay. We need a big Russian who's clearly American. Um, you know, it, it just didn't work for me. Yeah. Did you see Kyle Donegan's Rocky yet? I have not. It, what I am assuming it's a parody or something. Oh, it's, he, he does a show with Kurt Metzger called at home with Stallone. It's one of the funniest fucking things ever. I, I mean, I, I cry laughing. I don't think I'll get kicked off of YouTube for showing you a, a, a clip. Well, I think if it's under 15 seconds, they give you a pass. But from what I understand. But then, but then again, this isn't copyrighted material. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think Kurt Metzger is going to come after us. <laughs> Let me pull this up to see. Uh, just give you a, like a taste. Let me give you a quick taste here. Yeah. Nothing like dead air on a podcast. <laughs> I've always wanted to do an episode where I didn't say one word. It was just dead silence for an hour just to see how it would do against all the other episodes. I'll let you watch that on your own, but it's pretty funny. <laughs> no, I, I love both those guys. I mean, I, uh, I think Kurt Metzger wrote on the Bor the Borat, uh, like the parody show, I think on Showtime, and it was really funny. Let's go to number 18, your boy, Freddy Krueger, who actually said she was going to try to get us for the Bad Guys podcast, Robert Ungland from Nightmare on Elm Street. You're a big fan of him as a bad guy, huh? Well, I love him because he was also, as you know, we interviewed William Cat from Big Wednesday. I think his first role was in Big Wednesday as a like a surfer. He's a surfer uh, in real life. Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, I think, grew up uh, around Malibu and whatnot, which was quite a uh, cluster of actors who surfed. But... Uh, in terms of Freddy Krueger, I mean, he's pretty iconic. Uh, I liked him a little better when he, I think the first two Freddy Krueger, Nightmare on Elm Streets were uh, a little less humorous and just a little more scary, um, especially the first one. Like, I had nightmares when I saw the commercials because uh, they were so uh, creepy. And the second one, they... The second one's a really controversial movie because it had like a uh, like a gay overtone, um, which I believe the actor who who was the uh, the or the protagonist, I guess, to Freddy Krueger, uh, talked about. You know, he, he gets a lot of uh, shit for uh, fans going, "What's with all the gay stuff in this?" Uh, 
but and that's when they kind of made him a little more humorous of a figure and then of course three through freddie through jason was it was almost like watching a stand-up comic like i, I didn't I didn't really like, I mean, I, I saw everyone and I liked them, but I, I just prefer the darker ones because it was scarier. He was also in the TV show miniseries V. You remember V? Oh, absolutely. V, uh, yeah, it was like when the aliens came, it was a big miniseries that was on network TV. I think NBC, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, well, he's one of those guys uh, that has been in like a lot of things. I mean, obviously he's known primarily for Freddy Krueger. But, you know, he's like, he's kind of like Kim Coates, you know, or Kim Coates is probably known primarily now for Sons of Anarchy. Uh, but he's been in hundreds of things. Uh, that takes us to number 17, Agent Smith from the Matrix trilogy. I guess there's a new Matrix film coming out. I'm embarrassed to tell you that I've never seen one Matrix film. What? You got to be shitting me. The, the first Matrix is unbelievable. Oh, I, I, yeah, and I love uh, Keanu Reeves. Like, I'm a big fan. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. It, it's like I've never seen one episode of The Sopranos, uh, which is... I was with you on The Sopranos. I, I watched the first season during the the lockdown, the coronavirus, when it first happened, and I tapped out. I was like, ah, it's, I can't watch it again. Like, I wasn't there, and it just didn't feel good. I didn't like it. Yeah, no, I feel bad that I uh, didn't... Uh, see the matrix films because like i love uh, lawrence fishburne and uh i just uh i don't know just didn't uh didn't appeal to me for some strange reason even though it's a movie in a franchise series it is totally interesting to me in terms of the subject i uh i'm gonna have to take a pass on agent smith because in full disclosure no idea who he is you, sh you need to sit down with the missus and make movie night and throw this one in there it's worth it well we yeah, I mean, we're definitely, I thought we ran out of shows to watch, but, uh, you know, right now we're steamrolling through Vanderpump Rules, which has nothing to do with bad guys. Well, it kind of does, actually. Uh, reality show bad guys. Uh, there's like seven of them on that show. Uh, but, and then I've been uh, going through The Shield again, which I, I forgot how good that show was. So uh, I might have to revisit The Matrix. Yeah, go there. I'm. I'm going. I just. I just steamrolled. I saw you tweeting about it. Was the, uh, the Night Stalker. Well, yeah, because I lived through that. Uh, and speaking of bad guys, Night Stalker. Oh yeah, he he's. Uh, well, I mean, I remember that was happening my senior year at Notre Dame High School uh, in the Valley. Eight one eight. You know. Uh, Eight one eight. You got it, William Cat. <laughs> and. Uh, I was taking my fourth period of class was a criminal history class. And the guy who taught it, uh, I'll never forget him. Mr. Miller was an ex LAPD uh, homicide detective. So it was really fascinating to um, be around someone who would tell us this is what's going to happen next. This is what they're trying to do. Uh, I mean, it was scary if you lived in LA in the mid eighties, like, cause he, he didn't really hit the the nicer neighborhoods, you know. It was pretty much like areas like Pomona and Montebello, and, and which are lower income cities. Uh, and then he went up to Frisco, but it was still like 
you know, the whole city was scared uh, because he was so uh, random in his attacks. And- yeah, there was no, there was no nothing to flow. It was old people, young people, kids. He'd molest kids. Like he was just, there was nothing to him. Yeah, I mean, he was uh, almost a uh, random, almost like he was on Adderall. Like would wake up one day, molest a kid, kill, uh, kill a semi, um, you know. 30 year old adult. And then uh, that next night rape a a 90 year old woman. Like, so he was hitting all socio demographics, but uh, obviously I I wasn't that scared that he was going to start hitting Bel Air, but you you didn't know. So it was, um, yeah, he was uh, the ultimate bad guy. Good taste in music though. I'll give him that. Oh, ACDC. Yeah. Well, I think people in the industry probably liked him because he he had diversity in his killings and rapes. Yeah, uh, maybe <laughs> maybe Golden Artist Entertainment can rep his ghost. That brings us to number sixteen, the classic Psycho, nineteen sixty, with Norman Bates and Anthony Perkins. You've seen this one? Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, very uh, great portrayal. Like he was a very good bad guy. Um, I had a similar relationship with my mom, so I got it. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, like, we were very close, my, me and my mom. So I I kind of, this was like one of the first um, horror films that I was like, yeah, I could see me and my mom developing this kind of role down the road. Uh, and uh, this you, was back, I think. Oh, go ahead. Would you wear her clothes and you know, kill people. Well, I would wear her robes. She had these, <laughs> you know, my mom was a fashionista long story short. Uh, she had these beautiful, like Ric Flair type robes that I would wear when I was pretending I was Ric Flair. So, uh, Oh yeah. You got to go that route then. But Anthony Perkins was a great actor. You know, this goes back to, you know, he was gay in real life, but you know, back then you couldn't, you know, now you tell people you're gay in Hollywood, you get a sitcom out of it, but like, and a Netflix special. <laughs> yeah. Back. Well, well, shout out to the laugh factory. You know, I'd like to say something before we move on. Uh, you know, the 30 year piano player, of the comedy store. Oh yeah. Please do uh, RIP uh, to a uh, Jeff Scott. If you ever at the comedy store, you heard Jeff do the piano and uh, Earl go. And after that, do your plugs. I got to turn something off real quick. So keep going. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, if you've ever been to the comedy store and seen Joe Rogan or um, me or uh, anyone in between, the you saw us all be brought up by Jeff Scott, uh, who uh, passed away last week. Uh, and w- the only reason I bring it up now is that uh, you know you think in L.A., you know the comedy clubs are very competitive, and they are, I guess, even though a lot of the same comics. Uh, play all three clubs uh, but uh, I thought it was very classy of the Hollywood Improv to post a beautiful picture of Jeff playing at the Improv I had never seen the picture before I I, I didn't know he was ever at the Improv playing oh he played and, the piano uh, on stage yeah I forget what show but it was like a really sweet picture and it was a really I don't know who wrote the tweet or the uh, I think it was an Instagram post uh, but it was a very cool like hey uh, we're all one family uh, and, you know, they tagged the comedy store in it. And, and meanwhile, the Laugh Factory, uh, when Jeff Scott died, they uh, plugged Tiffany Haddish's special. <laughs> what the fuck? 
Like you'd think they'd put like 30 years in the business, uh, essential part of the comedy store. Uh, you'd think they, for an hour, just say, hey, RIP, make God laugh or make God sing or whatever, whatever bullshit they put up on the marquee. Uh, but no, it's a great business sometimes. <laughs> they plug Jay Davis's Twitter. Yeah, I'll see you at Brian Marnark's next show. <laughs> Fuck him. That's from me. Anyways, we're going to number 15, Palpatine from the Star Wars saga. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Where you stand on this one? The Emperor. Oh, he, that, oh, absolutely. I mean, he was such an asshole. He made Darth Vader seem like a nice guy. Um, great... Uh, great ambiance you know the you could barely see his face and the in the cloak and uh just an a-hole like he was uh, like an ultimate wrestling heel um you know not one redeeming quality like comparing him to darth vader you know darth vader almost was a likable character you, you know he, he kind of had a very dark sense of humor if you will whereas uh palpatine had not one single hey, he was kind of funny he had a great delivery you know he was just a creepy old bastard i love the fact that uh they brought him back in the lucas the the you know lucas remade the the first three they brought him back yeah i didn't like i mean those I were know, terrible okay. i mean I, I honestly and this goes to a different generations i'm sure the people who saw like the force awakens in 2015 we're like this is the greatest movie ever and then you have them see the original one from 77 and go this sucks uh and although yes the asteroids look like baked potatoes because they were uh you know i just find the first three especially the first one which is kind of a i don't want to say the first one in 77 is boring because it's just it's so long but uh nothing touches the first one it, that that ending is like you know the way they set it up uh, it was just uh i don't know i i wish they would stop making the star wars movies well, although you should do yourself a favor sign up for a three-month trial of disney plus and watch the mandalorian they do a great job for us old old g star wars fans well i did love i, I saw uh the first season of Mandalorian, I did like it. Uh, it was kind of neat. The very first scene in the first episode, my friend Tate Fletcher was in it. Yeah. Uh, so I was a little, uh, I watched it mainly for him, but then I, I'm a big Boba Fett guy. So, uh, well, he returns. Yeah, no, he's, uh, you know, it's kind of like the last season was, was amazing with Boba Fett. Go ahead. No, well, it's kind of like Cobra Kai, which I know is popular right now. Like where they, uh brought boba fett back and you like you do definitely get that nostalgia um vibe uh which i love but it, it sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't you know like palpatine when they brought him back it, just something was missing to me um but uh you know i don't think disney cares about what you and i think so what are you gonna do yeah all right that brings us to number 14 i don't even the sheriff of nottingham Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. This was played by what's his name? Fucking from uh, Die Hard, Hans. Well, I don't want any spoiler alerts, but fuck it, I'll do it anyway. I mean, on my list uh, of bad guys, 
he was number one is Hans von Gruber. Um, uh, I, I saw this movie once, like when it came out, and I think 90, well, it says 91. I think I saw it in 92. Uh, I mean, he's a great bad, he's a great actor or was, uh, it's, it sucks that he's uh, moved on. Uh, but, uh, I don't really remember too much about this movie, uh, because I literally saw it almost 30 years ago, uh, which shows you how great he was in Die Hard. Cause I remember Die Hard, like it was filmed two minutes ago, um, but uh, I mean, he probably this Alan Rickman uh, probably wouldn't have made my top list. But uh, you know, he's he's great, no doubt about it. Have you gone to uh, where they filmed the Nakatomi Plaza? That's in the Valley, right? No, no, it's in Century City. Oh, okay. Uh, I drive by it every day, and uh, well, not every day, but a couple times a week. Uh, you know, when you're going to the West Side, and also the bums me out. Uh, because if you've lived in LA as long as I have, you, you and you've seen a lot of movies, you you, you recognize buildings and the uh, the AM PM where uh, I almost said Reginald Denny, uh, <laughs> where uh, the the Our fat sheriff, oh yeah yeah, where he buys uh, the donuts, uh, you you know, uh, or no the Twinkies, uh, where. The scene right before he goes to uh, Nakatomi Plaza is now a laundromat, and I, I get sad every time I drive by. Yeah. It's like, oh man, that's where he bought the Twinkies. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I've been to Nakatomi Plaza many times, and it still looks the same. It looks exactly the same. Hey, speaking before we move to thirteen, um, if we were to have Nicole Agard on this podcast, would you do it? Oh yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not gonna lie, like I'm not, like a super fan of hers, but like, because uh, I never really watched Baywatch. Uh, you know, you'd think I would, given you know the type of show it was. You know, uh, bad acting and, and busty girls. You'd think I would have watched every episode like a thousand times. But uh, yeah, I mean, I I think it's I get so many compliments on our. Uh, collaboration just because you know we're getting like great guests who uh span the spectrum of uh 80s acting and beyond so although i realize we're kind of branching out not necessarily doing straight bad guys uh i think people are still digging the episodes especially uh our upcoming guest on wednesday who was kind of a bad guy if you uh follow what area of work he was in well i'm going to ask ashley to circle back around on sid vicious too because he did my podcast early on in the pandemic and i'd love to talk to sid vicious with you and break down that uh the what was the scene the the classic scene the, the shock master the shock i would love to break it down with you and sid vicious <laughs> well yeah i mean that's like uh it's probably the most the number one legendary uh i guess you'd say blooper in uh pro wrestling history uh we talked about it on my podcast oh that was great i mean like and he has a good memory he's a very good uh if you listen to your podcast with him and and several of the the youtube uh what they call shoot interviews where he you know what that means to you guys who don't like pro wrestling is the wrestlers actually speak their minds and speak the truth uh 
he he's very open and uh he was a great bad guy yeah because he was like uh the ultimate warrior where his interviews didn't really make sense and like he i think he was so hyped up and like had so much adrenaline to whatever he was doing back then that uh he kind of like spoke uh swahili when he was like like he was just like you know there's that one famous interview where he was so like amped up he's like and you sean michaels you'll never be half the man i'm not and it was just like made no sense but uh yeah I, i'd love to talk to him actually circle back around on sid vicious that brings us to number 13 i don't know who the fuck this is nurse ratchet from one oh. flew one flew over the cuckoo's nest 1975 absolutely she's one of the rare uh i've never female. seen the movie that's that's my thing i never seen this movie Oh, you really should. I mean, uh, she was absolutely should be included in any, uh, I guess we should call it bad people list, not necessarily bad guys. Because uh, she bad was, guy. well, she was a great actress. So she really sunk her teeth into this role. And when you look at the, the cast that they had, you know, obviously uh, uh, Jack Nicholson and uh, Danny DeVito and, uh, Jim from Taxi and, and, and some of the other character actors. Christopher Lloyd's in Indian. it. Yeah, that's Jim from Taxi. I was, I was spacing on his name. Yeah. Uh, she was a great, uh, for lack of a better word, and you know, to the females who listen to this, I don't use this word lightly. She was a great cunt. Uh, that's what it actually just, says here. It says, uh, as McMurphy himself puts it, she was something of a cunt, ain't she, docked? <laughs> I mean, she was uh, just mean and, and very uh, unsympathetic. Uh, so she she was awesome. All right, number twelve, we got I don't Sauron from Lords of the. Tri I, you knew, neither one of us has seen this Lord of the Rings. I, I saw a porno called Lord of the Cock Rings, and Sauron was not in it. So uh, I mean, I hate to bum out our younger listeners because i think we do oddly for two older especially in my case older uh dudes we have younger fans who i'm sure have seen every lord of the rings trilogy uh i have not seen lord of the rings or the hobbit uh films i guarantee you there were a couple actors in lord of the cock rings represented by golden artist entertainment yeah i think uh tt boy and uh paul byron tom byron Paul Byron's a hockey player for the Canadians. I love and they have Gollum from Lord of the Rings. And I know I'm familiar, but I'm going to skip over and get to 10 here because this is your wheelhouse, the alien and alien. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, and it's weird that like some, you should call him, I wouldn't say actor, some creature, some film character that obviously has no spoken word can be so terrorizing, but uh, especially in the first two. Uh, I mean, Aliens, I actually like more than Alien, but I, that's because I like the cast a little better. Um, terrorizing, I mean, uh, just uh, great visual effects uh, without being too hokey. Um, and uh, I actually liked the first Alien, well, it's, I guess there's only one, but you know, they had so many like, 
it's kind of like the Fast and Furious where they broke out into like Hobbs and Shaw. Uh, the Alien versus Predator, I, I really liked because, uh, and I don't know if it's on this list, but the Predator was in my top 10 list. Put it in there. I'll put it on mine too. Uh, I got the chance to talk to Paul Reiser at the Comedy and Magic Club a little bit about Alien and stuff. He's a, he's a super nice guy. Yeah, yeah, he was great. He was kind of a, a good, wormy, bad guy in Aliens, uh, which is, you know, he was one of the few stand-ups that can actually act. So, uh, so much so that I think people look at him as a, uh, as a uh, as an actor versus a stand-up, which is, to me, it's like he'll always be a stand-up. Oh, that brings us to number nine, Voldemort from the Harry Potter series. What the fuck is this list, man? I mean, this was definitely written by a younger person. Uh, you know, I, I've heard of this uh, character, but I, once again, I've never seen a Harry Potter film. So, like, to me, I would replace, and this is being 52, I would replace him with, say, the bad guy from Cobra. But uh, who knows? Maybe, maybe he's on this list. Let's keep going. All right, this one's a good one from No Country for Old Men. I didn't even know he had a name. Anton Scherger, but he was fantastic. I yeah, I've never seen the movie. I've seen him in other things, and I liked him. Uh, oh, that's a, that's another one you and the lady have to watch. You'll love it. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I'm a, as you know, I'm a creature of habit. So like, instead of seeing No Country for Old Men once, I'll see Cobra eighteen times. Sadly. Uh, let's go to number seven and we'll get to your list. Kylo Ren, which this is definitely a younger person's list because really, I mean, Darth Vader is probably lower on the list, but Kylo Ren. Yeah. I mean, I like him as a bad guy, uh, but I'd rather uh, see, you know, someone from like one of the first two star Wars, uh, you know, like Darth Vader's second in command in the first one. I think his name was Christopher Plummer. I might be wrong on that, but, uh, you know, I mean, he's good. Uh, I don't, he, he definitely wouldn't make my top 10 or probably even top 20, but, uh, of the newer generation, he's a good bad guy. My friend called him Jew Vader, Kylo Ren. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and Adam Driver's, uh, He's a great actor, you know. He's definitely a this generation's, uh, you know, bad guy, I guess. But uh, I don't know. I'm just so attached to the first three films that I don't think anyone of the newer films compares to anyone from the older films. All right, this brings us to Inglorious Bastards, number six, Hans Landa. He would use very good in this as a bad guy, but I I wouldn't put him in my top ten. Yeah, I mean, he probably wouldn't be in my top 30. Uh, and I actually liked the original Inglorious Bastards, which was, you talk about low budget. Uh, but, uh, I mean, he was good. I mean, anytime you're playing like a Nazi, you're going to just by almost default be a good bad guy. It's, it's not like they had any redeeming qualities. Unless you're Sergeant Schultz. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, that I don't know about Hogan's Heroes. Uh I thought it was kind of racist. They had a black guy running the radio the whole show, but, uh, you know, uh, by the way, I was watching, and this has almost nothing to do with what we're talking about. I was watching airplane two last night. Fantastic uh, film. 
I really forgot how because Airplane was so successful and that the sequel didn't get the love. But uh, by the way, I had the little kid on from Airplane too, but he was also on Poltergeist. I had him on my podcast. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, I had him on a couple months ago. I would love to have do, be on with you again with him because, like, I was watching it last night and going, "Okay, this kid," and the same with the kid uh, Joey from Airplane. Like, because even when I want Airplane came out in 1980, the sequel was 82. So I was 12 to 14. I didn't get the pedophilia jokes like with Peter Graves. Like, like when he asked uh, in Airplane 2, do you like it when your dog rubs up and down against you? Like, I was like, that's a weird question. <laughs> like, it's like, but the, the, both kids were great straight men for Peter Graves. Like, uh but uh in the credit man naked yeah have you ever been in a turkish prison joey um (laughs) uh but in the credits for airplane too like they would have uh you know like some of the people who worked on the film and said like best boy you know uh which is a you know behind the scenes job and on film and then under best boy it had worst boy adolf hitler (laughs) like it was really funny some of the phony uh credits they they put in there but th- th- those films were so groundbreaking in terms of the humor they were doing back then amazing amazing um that's another guy i would like to have on uh, uh what's his name who's the lead actor why is he escaping me robert hayes love to have robert hayes on you had him on right i did not have any, i wish uh actually get was, robert hayes yeah those well i mean not to break off into another discussion but those films were just the humor was and maybe we can talk about it a little because it was the casting was very much like robocop's bad guys where you know kurtworth smith and ronnie cox they had always been good guys like dads or uncles or you know the good brother in films and i think that's what made robocop such a great movie was uh you could tell they really sunk their teeth into being the bad guys and i think with airplane both movies you know leslie nielsen uh, lloyd bridges robert stack none of them had ever done comedy before and and you could tell maybe the first scenes they were uncomfortable were trying to be funny but then they got into it well leslie nielsen made a career out of it after the airplane movies yeah, I mean, it was weird for me to see him because in the 70s when I'd watch like Charlie's Angels or Starsky and Hutch or uh, any of those types of shows, Rockford Files, he was always the bad guy uh, and, and played a great heel. And so it was just weird to uh, see him. And, and Lloyd Bridges was a very serious actor. And then Robert Stack was, you know, Elliot Ness in the, the, the Untouchables TV show, uh, you know, and even Kareem who uh, you could tell probably isn't the most humorous guy in the world. He was pretty funny in the airplane. Oh, he was hilarious. Very funny. That brings us to number five, Hannibal Lecter from Silence of the Lambs. Great bad guy, but he's not on my top ten. I mean, he was my number two in full disclosure. Oh, Uh, wow. Well, just because he... uh, Now, I'm talking mainly the first film, you know, the sequels, they kind of lost me a little bit, but uh, he was just, you couldn't take your eyes off of him. Like, I, 
he, he was just funny, uh, vicious. Uh, he was like the perfect combo of almost all the people we've talked about. Smart, um, you know, didn't rely on uh, strength or bulk or whatever. Like some of our, you know, like the bad guy from Cobra, like he looks just like imposing and you couldn't pick a less imposing person than Anthony Hopkins in this film in terms of physical stature. So, uh, you know, I just think he was almost the perfect bad guy because he was a little bit of everything minus the physical uh, attributes, some bad guys from the 80s. And even though this was a 90s film that, you know, we both grew up in 80s bad guys, which were like larger than life figures. And that brings us to number four. Your boy Hans Gruber is finally on the list. You have him at number one, but they have him at four. And I mean, we just talked about him. I mean, he was fucking phenomenal. Oh, I mean, this, uh, I, I mean, I, I don't even know where to start with how great of a bad guy he was. Uh, cause he played it so opposite how the filmmakers wanted him to play it. Like they wanted him to dress, you know, in like military gear and, uh, you know, camouflage. And, uh, I think he's, he had a different vision that, because he was a very uh, well-known actor, um, they decided to roll with what he wanted to do, which was like businessman. Uh, and uh, he's such a good actor that most people don't know all the other bad guys, with the exception of uh, Carl, who is uh, Alexander Gudinoff in real life, uh, actually died of AIDS right up the street from where I live. Uh, you know, he was a ballet star, but all the other guys were models. Like they weren't even actors and he made them look good. Uh, <laughs> you know, he was like putting Wayne Gretzky with a, with a bunch of goons and they all ended up being good hockey players. Uh, just the sense of humor, the, the style, the, uh, the panache that he spoke with, you know, that, opening monologue where he's walking amongst them trying to figure out who Takagi was uh, just like to me the I'll do perfect... when the scene where he pretend like he was captured with Bruce Willis that was fucking amazing how he turns it around yeah he cha- he switches out of his accent and uh I think I'll ne- I don't know why I remember this uh, William Clay he said his name was uh just the the, the perfect bad guy for, for the perfect film uh, you know, I don't know who else they considered to be Hans Gruber because I know it's well documented that Bruce Willis uh, was actually like literally the seventh choice to play uh, John McClane. Um, you know, the usual suspects were, you know, wanted instead Schwarzenegger, Stallone. I, I think Clint Eastwood at, at some point was considered. Uh, I even saw one report that said Frank Sinatra. I don't know if that was realistic or not but uh and i think what makes it uh for me anyways number one is that he had great chemistry with bruce willis no uh, yeah it was yeah good yeah you're right like you can uh see they were you know you believe that you know they didn't like each other and and, you know it's kind of like uh like one of my favorite Stallone movies, Nighthawks, you could tell that maybe the chemistry wasn't great between Stallone and Rutger Hauer, uh, which I guess works when one's a good guy, one's a bad guy. But 
just you could tell like as soon as the camera stopped that they were friends uh but they had this great on-screen chemistry that uh it was just you can't beat like Die Hard's like to me along with Predator the perfect action film that brings us to number three Loki this is a bad you can't put Loki in front of Hans Gruber from the Thor films and the Avengers this is a bad list well I uh I think I saw the first, uh, no, I, I'm thinking of the Fantastic Four. Uh, I, I've never seen an Avengers film or a Thor film. Uh, yeah, that like, I know opinions or lists like this are subjective, but there's no way Loki's ahead of Hans Gruber. This is, or Hannibal Lecter, like, come on. When, when you think iconic characters, uh, I, I don't see many people saying Loki. Yeah, his name's never coming up in conversation of bad guys. That brings us to number two, and I'm all bo- I'm on board with this one. The Joker, Heath Ledger, um, Heath Ledger's Joker. I think's the yeah. Best. Oh, oh yeah, he was uh, he was great. I mean, like the Joker I grew up with. Obviously, Cesar Romero was uh, completely different than. The, the jokers that we've seen portrayed yeah, but yeah he was just like and i'm not you know it's unfair to compare a, a joker from the 60s to now but uh you know it's like talking about the different james bonds uh, uh he's great i mean uh i love uh joaquin phoenix uh a little better uh but uh you could tell that he uh, sunk his teeth, and Heath Ledger sunk his teeth in, into this role. I mean, he was great. It's just, and when I first and heard the casting, I'm like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Then I saw him, I'm like, okay, I'm dumb. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, I mean, I like out-of-the-box casting. I mean, we could go on forever about, you know, like I, when we had Kim Coates on, I was like, I never would have seen Ron Perlman as the leader of a motorcycle gang. Like, I just, I see him as the guy from Beauty and the Beast. Always, but it worked. the Hamilton. Yeah, it worked. And like, I would think Scott Glenn, who was the original Claymore Owen Sons, would have killed it. So, you know, uh, I, yeah, I mean, sometimes my choices for bad guys uh, would, would have gone horribly wrong. And that brings us to number one. And surprise, surprise, Darth Vader himself is number one, according to this shit list. <laughs> well, I mean, it's hard to argue with that. Like, even though uh, he was definitely in my top five, uh, you know, you know, he's uh, beyond an iconic character. Uh, and because James Earl Jones is such a great voice. Uh, I mean, it, it's, if someone said he's number one, I, I, it'd be, it'd be hard to argue. I mean, um, you know, he was just intimidating and it's tough because obviously it's, it's, I think David Prowse was the actor. James Earl Jones was the voice. So, so I, I don't know who to give credit to. I mean, uh, because I, I think he was physically imposing and the voice is just like iconic. I mean, James Earl Jones makes my voice sound high pitched. Yeah. So, and when they brought uh, back, um, I don't know if you saw Rogue One, which was actually really good, really well done. They brought Vader back for that and, and James Earl Jones doing the voice. It was fantastic. 
Well, his voice is still, I did not see it. I think the last Star Wars I saw was in 2015, uh, The Force Awakens. The Rogue, Rogue One's worth, the. I'm telling you, it's it's really good. You'll enjoy that. It's a throwback. I mean, I'll check it out. I mean, I was so horrified by the, because uh, Chewbacca is my favorite character. Uh, I wish I could, uh, well, actually, I'll, uh, well, I don't want to screw up the feed here. I have an autographed Chewbacca uh, picture. Of course um, <laughs> uh so i saw the uh han solo movie and man that was oh that was rough like, that was rough well i feel bad for the guy playing han solo because it's not his fault like he the, didn't the, like the shit first of all the, the guy playing han solo is like five foot four that's the one thing they the, the guy's like a <laughs> he's tall as nick swartzen like how like, like what are you doing <laughs> swarty uh yeah i just uh i, I just you know, I know there's going to be more Star Wars films coming, uh, but I mean, Darth Vader is—he's is, just—it's hard to beat him because he had everything. He had charisma. He had just an incredibly booming voice. Physically, he was—even uh, though you never really saw his body—you uh, can tell he was a pretty big dude at one point. Uh, Earl, you got to see Rogue One. I recommend it highly. You're going to love it. Oh, I will. It's—it's it's worth it's worth your time and your energy and. The, the ending of the thing, the film, you're, you're going to go, holy shit, it's that crazy. Now, which one is Rogue One? Does that come after Force Awakens? Well, it, no, the Rogue One sets up Star Wars. Like okay. It, it leads into Star Wars. It's like right, like it goes Star Wars. It's right before Star Wars. It's really cool how they did it. I mean, Star Wars has some great bad guys uh, outside of Darth Vader, like uh, Boba Fett. Uh, you know, I don't know if I would put him in a top 10 or 20 list, but he was a great bad guy. Uh, you know, um, yeah. Who are we missing on your list that we should be in the top 10? Well, you know, once again, this is, you know, all subjective. Uh, you know, the, the bad guy from Cobra. He was fantastic. Um, Brian e., uh, Thompson, for those of you uh, who need a refresher course. I mean, well, especially and, uh, Chandler for my birthday present, uh, there is a three hour uncut version of Cobra. Um, no way. You know, it's uncut. And, it, it, you know, because if you watch Cobra again, the current version, uh, you know, like, I guess that's on cable or whatever. Like the, the bad guy role doesn't really make a lot of sense because he's not in it a lot. Like, you know, like, it's not a very cohesive uh, bad guy role because you, you after you watch Cobra, you kind of are like, is something missing? Did did I miss, did I go to the bathroom and miss a scene with him? And apparently, uh, the film was so violent <laughs> that they gave it like an X rating. And really, the film studio and this is an 86 i think so stallone had carte blanche with anybody oh, he was running shit uh they made um they made him cut the film i mean obviously you're not going to sh- have a three-hour action movie you remember uh, when he was in the elevator with this look i told you one more time the service elevator only uh <laughs> um I guess Stallone obviously kept most of his parts in and cut out a lot of the storyline of the bad guy. Um, I'd like to see that. I wonder, you have to buy that special, like a specialty? Well, 
no, it's, it's, it, there is a full cut of it that is out there somewhere. Chandler tried to find it for me for my birthday. Cause you know, she's works in uh, the entertainment business. And uh, let me say this, if she can't find it in a, you can't, it's not to be found. I gotcha. Um, they buried it, but I would, uh, I'd like to see that that version at some point, if I ever meet Stallone, I'm going to be like, Hey man, I want to talk about Nighthawks over the top, but I need that three hour cut of Cobra. Uh, cause I, I think I would like him even more as a bad guy. If you, uh, cause he was like, a, it, it, basically he was like a cult leader. And, uh, there's only like one scene where they show the, the uh, axes, the axes, where, where, yeah, where they're all in the room clanking the axes. Uh, there's like a lot of scenes like that that explain, you know, his badness. But uh, where are so you, he's pig? Like, where yeah, are you, you pig? You won't do it. You'll take me in. Even the law says I have rights. Uh, <laughs> so. Uh, but yeah, he's he's one of my favorites, and then uh, Gary Busey from uh, Lethal Weapon. Yeah, oh Busey, that's a good one. Um, he's a good bad guy, uh, and he, you know it's popular now. But John Kreese from fucking Karate Kid. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I even liked, um, and this is why I'm and excited. Johnny. And Johnny, Karate Kid has a lot of great bad guys, uh, and one. I don't want to do any spoiler alerts, but uh, I think in season uh, three, we might be seeing a certain long-haired sensei instructor, uh, the great Terry Silver. No, that's uh, season four. Or season four, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, they set that up for that. Well, because uh, that storyline, because I watched it with Chandler uh, and her friend, who's also in the business, and... Uh, if you if you never have seen the Karate Kid three, I don't think you got the flashback scenes that they were uh, clearly setting up to bring, in my opinion, to bring him in, uh, especially with the last phone call where he's like, "Hey, sure. I haven't heard you in a long time." Uh, so uh, he's way, a I, great. I watched Karate Kid three the other day on Amazon Prime just for shit because I just watched Cobra Kai. Right. It is such a bad film. It's so bad. He's hilarious. Well, he saves it. Like, yeah. Uh, and I feel bad for him because, uh, you know, he didn't write it. Like, no. Uh, and that was a cash um, grab. They were all going grabbing cash. The director, Machio, Pat Morita. Well, yeah, it was clearly a. Uh, although I do like the storyline of. Uh, you know, Crease being down and out and, and this guy's his financial backer. It just, I know it's a little long in the tooth uh, and, and nothing against Sean Kane. And he's, he's a very good bad guy in that. If, if you just, I had him on the podcast. He says he performs at the store a lot. Have you seen him there? <laughs> anyway, let's move on to the next bad guy. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that drives me up a wall when someone says they perform at the store. It's like, I mean, I've been doing comedy up there. Uh, what I started hanging there in 2009. I got past there in 2014. So I've been up there 10 years. I've never seen him once. Okay. So fair enough. I'm not. I'm not saying he's lying. I'm sure he's been up there. Um, I don't know if I would say he's performed there a lot. I'll just leave it at that. Okay. Fair enough. 
I trust you. Maybe he has. I don't know. I can't be up there every hour of the day. Yeah, maybe he did one of those bringer shows, like Jerome Clary's bringer show. Yeah, <laughs> Jerome Clary running for West Hollywood City Council. I'm like, dude, you can't even run a good bringer show. I'm supposed to trust you with my tax dollars? Now, we're, now you know this is, we should end it soon when we're delving into West Hollywood City politics. <laughs> we should wrap it up here. But what else we got before we wrap it up? I'm trying to think. I mean, there's so many bad guys that are popping into my head. Like it's because I think you have to. Like my list is based just on the bad guy. It's not whether the movie was good or not. Yeah, who uh, cares? Yeah, you know, because like Karate Kid three, like you said, awful movie. It, it's just you know the idea had run its course. I think. Um, I mean, how many people can Ralph Macchio get bullied by? Uh, but I love that he's he was 27 years old playing an 18 year old in that movie. Yeah, well, it's like the bad. It's like the kids in Porky's in Porky's three, where they're clearly all in their 30s and they're still in high school at Angel Beach. Uh, oh, by the way, but, but, here's a here's a little side fact. You know the girl in Karate Kid three? I forgot the actress's name. Robin Lively. They had to cut out all the uh, scenes because she was only 16 years old and she got casted. And Macho was 27, so they made a platonic relationship because she was only a kid she was 16 so they had to cut out all the like makeout scenes and stuff well i don't know get her into roast battle then and, and see how that works uh let's roast uh yeah i did know that well i can see them bringing her back which would kind of, like you know i think what makes cobra kai so great is that it's in on the joke yeah. like uh you know it's not taking itself too seriously i mean clearly it, they probably could have just done one or two seasons and okay, we got our nostalgia thing, but they're still going, uh, you know, and, and I think season four will be great. I mean, I've heard a few different ideas on how they're going to bring in uh, Terry Silver. If they do bring him in, I, I mean, I, I think if they, they don't, I mean, it, it has to be, I don't think they would have spent the time on the flashback scenes. No, yeah. Uh, you don't do that to set up. But I, I think they're still, from what I understand, on the fence as to what his relations are with the current group of characters. Now, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil the show. I mean, I I have my idea on what I think is going to happen. I also have my idea on whose father he might be too. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, yeah. There's a few people he could be. Uh, you know, and they've done a good job of not really going into some of the characters parents yeah uh, you know so it, it's believable to me that he would be the father of two particular people sure uh, and the second choice is a real off the grid choice but i'll talk to you I, off more more i think about it i i could see it being this particular character but uh you know i i like how they brought martin cove back you know that one it's like that scene in uh, Rocky Three where Apollo and, and him are fighting at the end of the movie. Like it's just a total flashback. Uh, I can't wait for how they bring him back. Like, they, and they could bring him back with Sean. You know, maybe they come back together uh, as a package deal. Uh, I think they will. That's my per. I'm calling that one. Well, I could see. I mean, you know, there's so many ways they could do it. They could bring him and Sean back and you know then they kind of 
team up against uh, Zapka and Macchio, you, you know, which and and Martin Cove and uh, it could be Martin Cove, uh, Sean um, Silver versus uh, Macchio Zapka and that uh, the the Chance guy from uh, Karate Kid Two. Yeah, uh, and, and I think uh, Gozen, this, That's his name. Yeah, he was good, and he looks the same. I mean, kind of, you know, a little less hair, but like he was really good in his part. Uh, and uh, the funny thing about Terry Silver, uh, Thomas Ian Griffith, his real name, is I think his very first acting role, he was an extra in a pool scene in my favorite episode of Miami Vice. Of course. Uh, well, it's just weird that, like, that's how you start your film career, being an extra in a pool scene in Miami Vice. <laughs> But uh, it'll be, you know, he doesn't look the same. He's got gray hair, shorter, but uh, he could grow he it out and dye it. Well, he, yeah, he's a legit karate guy. Like, yeah. uh, he actually uh, has two black belts. Uh, so uh, I don't know it. I'll assume he's a little older than me. So mid 50s. Uh, I don't know if he can still uh, physically perform some of, the, you know, if you watch some of the scenes in Karate Kid 3. He was really good at yeah. karate, so uh, I, don't, I hey, can't wait. Like, uh, hey, let me ask you this: Is Macho wearing a wig? Doug Stanhope said he was. I don't think he is. Uh, I mean, it's possible. Uh, I think both of them have their hair. Uh, hell, even uh, Sensei Crease, uh, I, I would say he he might have some plugs. Uh, but I think most of that's still his hair. Um, you know, I, as a cast, I would say the OGs have held up pretty well. Yeah, I mean, they, um, I think they can't pull it off unless they're looking pretty good, and they did. They pulled it off. And they look relatively the same as they did in the 80s. I mean, obviously, we all get older, but... Uh, but they still look you know, good. You, Even Elizabeth Shue looks fantastic. Yeah, she looked good. Uh even the Johnny's uh, mom uh, at, at the country club dance, I'll assume the husband died. Uh, no, it was Allie's mom. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, you know, she, that was clearly the same actor. So I'll assume that the father passed away, I guess, uh, in real life. Uh, but, uh, you know, there's not too many, who, even Chosen looked like, like relatively, uh, you know, a little older, but, uh, and, uh, the girl from karate kid too, the, uh, Asian yeah, girl. Yeah. Yeah. She looked uh, great too. Uh, so I, I think that also like, it sucks for me being an eighties metal guy. Like when I go in concert to see like, I don't know, whatever band, uh, I liked from the eighties and, and it's the original members and they all look pretty rough. It, it, it makes me kind of sad. Uh, you know, but it, it kind of almost plays on the nostalgia even that much more so when they look good uh, or, you know, help, they held up. Uh, like Dolph Lundgren looks, obviously he doesn't look as jacked as he was in Rocky IV or, or the great Universal Soldier or, or Red Scorpion, a, a very under-the-radar Dolph Lundgren film. But he, or like he you see in that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's a great story behind that movie. Uh Hey, let's right. like, dude. I I got to wrap it up here because I got another podcast coming, so I got to close it out. I don't care what you have to do. We're gonna talk about fucking He Man, you <laughs> bastard. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, we could go on for the next. There's so many bad guys I didn't get to. Uh, Bull Hurley from Over the Top. He was great. Uh, 
you know, we could go on, you know, we'll do the a sheriff of Rambo. Oh, yeah. Brian there, there's definitely, there's so many, so many bad guys. Uh, Let's do Jeff a part Ross two. And roast battle. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, let's do a part two uh, and uh, a continuation. But this was fun. Uh, we got another one coming Wednesday. Uh, I mean, it'll be out later. But uh, sign up to, if you can, leave a five-star review on Earl's podcast and mine. Uh, sign up to the Patreon, which is uh, my Patreon. I don't know, Earl, do you have one? Um, No, to be. I have a cameo, which I overcharge people. It's like, uh, I don't want to do it. So I set my price at a hundred dollars, thinking nobody would do it. Now I'm making a couple bucks from it. To be honest with you, get a cameo from Earl. Come on, what are you doing already? Just no. Do it. No, don't. I can't charge people a hundred dollars to talk to me. But if you want, if you want me to, I'm on cameo. Yeah. So sign up to my Patreon. Go get a cameo from Earl and leave five star reviews on our podcast, guys. This was the bad guys, and uh, thanks again, Earl. Anything else? I uh, just did. I love uh, doing this with you. Uh, you've rejuvenated my love of podcasting, which, as you know, can be a discouraging form of entertainment at times uh, when you see others who are doing well and you're like, I don't understand this. But uh, I thank you and our girl, Ashley, for getting us amazing guests. Yes. Uh, and uh, thank you to your fans uh, and, and my fans. It's a great I think it's a great collaboration. It's like Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons. That's right, and uh, I'll I'll take the back seat. I'll I'll I'll, I'll be uh, Ace Freely if you want. I don't care. <laughs> no, but that's what makes it work, though. Is I know you got to go, but like, there's podcasts where you carried it, uh, or not. You know, uh, you took the lead. Uh, you know, like with William Cat, because uh, I really, I I don't want to say I was unfamiliar with him. Obviously, I, Big Wednesday is just like my top three movie of all time. But outside of that. I had a periphery knowledge of him. Uh, and then like, you know, Wednesday's guest, I might take the lead just because of the subject matter. And, you know, it all works. Oh, I love it. Eagleless. And I love it. You're a good man. And uh, again, thanks for listening and leave a five-star review. Earl, we'll talk to you soon. Uh, yeah, you're a good man uh, too. And I'm glad you're healthy. I know you had a recent health scare where you looked like the elephant man. And it's good <laughs> to see you. Uh, it's good to see that wasn't serious. One of the reasons why I'm wearing sunglasses, but uh, we'll we'll get through it. We'll talk soon, and uh, that's a wrap. Good night. See you.